Craft Beer Radio, episode 459, on March 26, 2018. And welcome everybody to Craft Beer Radio, episode 459, where we have some guests, don't we Jeff? We do. Uh, one of my co-workers, Jeremiah, his brother-in-law is John Gluley from Drake's Brewing. He's the head brewer there, and he's in town visiting family and breweries. And Jeremiah was so kind to set up this mm. engagement tonight. So we're going to have uh, John on. Hi, John. Hello. Hi, Jeremiah. Uh, hello. And uh, we're going to drink some beers. We're going to do what we normally do when we have a brewer on. We're not going to drink his beers, because we don't want him just to market how great his mm. brewing is. But we do love having expert palates on the show, talking about beers, and uh, in showing you things you can't normally get would, is, is fun, too. Oh, I'm so. particularly excited. There. I, don't, I don't know any of these beers. Cool. All well, right, so. Um, so should we start with the pills? Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So this is uh, 2S Pills from 2SP Brewing. I got this when I was in Philly. Uh, they call it an unfiltered German Keller beer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, 45 that, IBU, 5% alcohol by volume. Okay, 45. That's pretty, that's pretty firm. It's got a little haziness. It's definitely unfiltered. It's really pale. Yeah, it has a... Uh, Wow, it's almost white. I know. Well, I mean, the yeast is making it that much paler in there, yeah. but if this beer is anything but Pilsner malt, I'd be shocked. There's no adjuncts. I mean, well, there's no there's no specially malts in here. For all I know, there's some adjunct to dry it out, but yeah, no, it, so couldn't it's, promise that. It's paler than straw. It has this white yes. hue to it. It's uh, really grassy on the nose. Mm-hmm. But fresh. Yeah, definitely got the hay. Kind of kind of cool because it goes with the, with the color. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious what the hop was on this one because I'm not getting that real German like herbal spicy. It has a really rustic straw, you uh-huh. know, where with the pills you expect more of that crisp pilsner malt mm-hmm. character, you know, a little bit more biscuity, a little more more bitey. And this one has kind of a straw wheat, you know, like almost just if I was drinking this blind and just smelling it, I would think that this is a Belgian or something. I was like about that. to say it's got a, like kind of a light saison sort of thing, like a grisette almost going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, there is. There's a weird ester. And I don't want to say weird necessarily, but there's a, there's a different estery note in the flavor. Um, it's it's not what I was expecting. Yeah, the uh, the pilsner malts in the flavor for sure. You get some of that little more biscuity type flavor. You know, or kind of traditional. Mm-hmm. You're looking for some bread crust in there. There is some esters, like you said. It's not a it's not a super dry finish to the beer. No, which is funny because the the finish doesn't match the nose at all. Yeah, you would have thought this thing would be an aperitif when you started mm-hmm. smelling it. It has kind of a, a, a sweet kind of um, graham cracker kind of end finish uh, with with some kind of uh, I, I want to say like bergamot, like a little bit of like yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of a lemoniness. I got yeah, basic like kind of like a, a light citrus note to it. It's a neat beer. 2SP Brewing Company, and this is the 2S Pills. 2S Pills. Well, that is... I mean, that's cool because a lot of pills can taste alike, right? Yeah. I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of people do it pills by the number, and they obviously aren't trying to rip off Prima if you're in Philly. A lot of times you're going to be like... Yeah. I mean, this is a good hot weather day beer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, calling, sure. calling it similar to Grisette is, is, is pretty is a pretty good call. I mean, it's doesn't quite have like that 
that I was thinking, you know, when I think of a corset, I think of a little more estuary. And right. A little less and a little drier in the back. Yeah. I mean, it does it does finish with some all character that the, is not implied up front. The bitterness is building. Is it building for you, Greg, as you're going through it? Not so much, no. Yeah, I was going to say I don't taste 45 IBUs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mostly just tasting the, the interesting, um, the finish is is more alive than, than the typical than I would have expected. Uh, there's more we're going on here. But yeah, three yeah. ounces was not enough for John. He tore through his sample. Oh well I like to get it <laughs> I like I like the front of my tongue and the back of my tongue to taste at the same time. I gotcha. This is gonna be loud. <laughs> but that had to be done. Thank you. So what's this one? Is this so the- this is the Rattler. All right, let's do that before we get into... And I was looking at, you know, I went to a couple places in Philly. I uh, didn't go, I was sort of around downtown, but I didn't want to go into downtown as I was leaving. So I found the freshest stuff I could. Okay. And one of them was this. Or this was, uh, it looked interesting to me because last time we had a, a real, honest to goodness, radner on the show was Six Points Rad. Um, oh, this is wicked watermelon from Owl's Brew. It's a half. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of sludge in the bottom of this guy. <laughs> half iced tea, half watermelon. I, I don't know if we were supposed to shake it up. Oh, well, now that uh, now it is. Except for you, Jerry, you're you're you're, you're either in luck or you're not. <laughs> no, we, we always no, we're, so as you see, we're splitting a can of beer or a mm-hmm. bottle of beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's amazing how often on the show, or if I pour. Half and half. Mm-hmm. How different the two halves of the glass are. Oh yeah. And so like, there's all these times where we, like, we're tasting, we're talking about different things, and then we have to like blend the beers together and then split them <laughs> back out. Yeah. Okay. So this know. is watermelon. Is there lime in here too? Because I swear I'm smelling something. There's brewed white tea and oh. uh, watermelon concentrate. I say. Uh, so uh, fruit juices and agave. Three point eight percent alcohol by volume. Ten IBUs. A wheat beer. All right. Yeah, it's got little flicks of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it does. Oh, man. I got some serious uh, chunkage in mine. <laughs> I wonder if that's tea. I can't Could even tell what's be. at the bottom of this thing, man. There's definitely some... Uh, see. That must have been the sediment, because mine's some not yeah, yeah. any. Look. Yeah. Crazy. You know, this one has a really interesting aromatic going on. It's It's... Super juiced, super flavored, right? Yes, it's like it's the candy side of a Rattler. Um, it does have some neat flavors. I think the tea and the watermelon are playing together pretty well. Mm. And there's a bit of a cucumber thing in there as well, but watermelon and cucumber, that yeah, far you get off. that watermelon rind thing. And well, that's, that's I wasn't expecting it to be as, no. as good as that from, from the aroma. Yeah, um, it sounded like a train wreck, mm-hmm. but that's t- it's really tasty and it, it has. Another one of those summer things, right? You think this would be good on a hot day too? It really feels. I, I feel like this is on the back end. You can pick up that agave nectar too. It really. Uh... I do wish it was a touch less sweet. Although somehow I feel like I've got the thickest serving here, or maybe I got like some syrup or something in here. Maybe we, maybe this is like a shake it up situation. But flavors are good, and they're not they're not like pissing each other off. It's not. There's a lot going on in here, so yeah. it could have been messy. I think what surprises me is that white tea bit that, mm-hmm. that changes the the quality of the watermelon, so it doesn't become just this uh, Jolly Rancher. Yeah, 
So doesn't this isn't what what do they call Jack Nicholson's drink? I mean, it's not a Rattler. What the what the um, what's his uh, lemonade? Oh yeah, um, ah, lemonade and iced tea. There's a name that's for this. Arnold Palmer. Arnold oh, Arnold Palmer. Palmer. Yeah. Well, all right, it's golf. Yeah, this is kind of the Arnold Palmer of watermelon mm-hmm. beers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, this, yeah, like you said, this could easily be a train rack, and this one holds it together. It, I don't know how you know. The question is, would a after a can of this, would you be like? Give me another. Give yeah. me another, or to be like, oh, yeah. But for you know, two ounces or so that we have, it's fine. Well, I'm scared of my sludge at the bottom, so I will be the first one to use the bucket here. But that's not a comment on the beer as much as it is. That I literally feel like I'm re- reading tea leaves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Well, good, good pick, man. Good, uh, good adventuring on that one. Let's do the boom sauce. All right. Well, you really like okay boom sauce then. We're going into Lord Hobo. This is one of um, uh, it's yeah. a nerd brewer. It's uh, one of our favorites. Um, we've you know had this one before, and it's really, really good. And we just actually had other another one of theirs, Glorious, mm-hmm. uh, which was also excellent. And what style are we looking at here? I so, see. Oh. It's an IPA. It's an IPA, but uh, it's kind of um... yeah. Okay, so here's here we go. Seven point eight percent alcohol volume, seventy eight IBU. The malts are Pilsner malt, oats, and wheat. Okay, and they also have spelt in there. Uh, the hops are Ella Mosaic and Falconer's Flight. So Falconer's Flight's a leftover from the real hop crisis in the early like two thousand tens. Falconer's Flight's an actual blend of a, a bunch of different hops. That, so it's a pre-made blend. Back in the day, you couldn't, when brewers were like just striking out, you know, the companies would be like, whoa, this is kind of Simcoe. Here, take this, Falconer's Flight. So who knows what's in it. But it's probably pretty okay. consistent. And they put a late hop edition of Mosaic, Falconer's Flight, and Amarillo. Mm. All right, so this one pours a slightly hazy golden. Yeah, almost like a little bit of a peach tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is not hazy in the sense of, uh, or it's not uh, new northeast style. No, no. I mean, the oats add a little bit of body to it, right. but they're not in there in, in crazy trillium yeah. fashion. It was funny. I was listening to a podcast with John Palmer on it. Okay, they're talking about the BJCP hazy mm-hmm. IPAs draft guidelines that they're working on. Yep, and. It seems like, and I haven't followed up to double check this, but it seems like from John Palmer's point of view, hazy IPA, the haze should only come from hop polyphenols and not come from oats. And right. Well, that that's because stuff. all old brewers hate freaking hazy IPAs. They're like so many crotchety. If you're over 45 in this industry, you're at a, oh, beer should be clear, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, I think the whole point, you do want, you definitely want protein haze from wheats, oats. Rye. Yeah, so it almost seemed like, well, I, I felt that, you know, the style was iterating so quickly mm. that these judging guidelines aren't, especially the BJCP, aren't going to be able to keep up. They're just finally now putting out the guidelines that describe Hetty Topper. Yeah, exactly, which really was just hot polyphenols. But now, you know, you got guys out there who are using, like, the Bretois strain for their yeast, and that's super flocculent, or non-flocculent, and it's got a lot of it, it will add body to it. Everybody's using raw wheat, raw oats, raw spelt, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you can get your hands on, because you want that mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. And then there's the you know the I put flour in the kettle and I put 
you know, apples and the fermenter and all that kind of stuff, which I've, I mean, I think that's, that's a bridge too far yeah, for me personally, but like cheating until it does can, feel like cheating until you can make it something that's different enough that the flower makes the beer into a different thing. It, except it doesn't yeah, really, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's just wheat. It's right. raw wheat. Put it, put it in the mash tun like a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one thing about these cans of boom sauce is the, God, it's lemony. Actually, this one does have a date on it. The other cans in the four pack didn't have a date. This was canned on January thirtieth. It's hanging in there fine, man. Like the very bright. The hops are on the bright side. Mm-hmm. This is definitely what we would consider like a phase three. In yeah, 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 yeah. Certainly. Yeah, Ella. That's Southern Hemisphere, right? Because I don't know that one very well. Mm-hmm. Or is that or is that one of the South Africans? I'm not sure. God, there's a. There's a fuck you to the big brewers, man. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, big guys. I got one box of Southern Aroma last year, and okay. yay, I'll never see that again. Because mm. of uh, Seb, Seb Miller, Australia. Yep. That was Australia. Okay, okay. Well, those Aussies. I mean, it's funny the Aussies have like figured out that these hops that they've been growing for years. And they were because they're most of those Aussie and New Zealand, Zealand hops are based on old German strains and some old English strains. Mm-hmm. And they would sell these like, oh, it's it's New Zealand Hallertau. It tastes nothing like the German hop. So brewers who are trying to buy German analogs were pissed mm-hmm. off. At some point, they started renaming and rebranding those things. I'm pretty sure Motueka used to be like you know New Zealand Herzbrucker or some crap like that. <laughs> and now it's like, oh no, we give them all fancy new names and. Pimp them for IPAs and everyone's going yeah, crazy just for don't them. Use them for your pilsner. Yeah. No, please don't. Or don't sell them to the hop extract company. That either. It's a lot of. Is a really interesting blend of hops going on here because it doesn't get super like into like guava or stuff like passion. Just a berry like notes. That, but yeah, yeah. It it stays it stays relatively confined to to a nice. Uh, fruitiness without going overboard. Well, my my feeling is, and I I don't want to be I'm not being quoted here, but Falconer's I think has some old school sea hops in it. Okay, all right. So yeah, so that would explain where it gets some of its just kind of classic yeah. hop aromatics. Yeah. Hmm. So John, tell us a little bit about Drake's. We have been open since 1989. We started originally as an English style brewery. Um. We were opened by one of the brewers at, from Triple Rock Brewing, which has been open since 83, 85. I don't remember. Triple like Rock's right around there. in Sacramento? Triple Rock's in Berkeley, and Berkeley, it is okay. like the third brew pub to open in America. Okay. So he moved on from there, opened his own place, um, ran it for a while, kind of, you know, I think the, you know, the I don't remember how many years he was there. Eventually sold it, tried to sell it back to the owner of Triple Rock. Um, but before the owner of Triple Rock can make his buy, um, a coffee company came and bought it, ignored it for three years, and then finally the, our current ownership is the old brewery, is the old Triple Rock owner. So, you know, we, I've got my ownership has been in brewing since the mid '80s. So we've got a pretty good old school kind of beer thing going on there at Drake's. But you know, as an old brewery, as we were talking about earlier, you know, it's kind of hard to like. How do you stay relevant? How do you keep doing things? One of the great things for us is we have a lot of retail. We have a big 350-seat restaurant in downtown Oakland. I keep 28 beers on tap there, so I experiment with everything. You you walk in there on any given day, and I've got malt liquor. I've got dark mild. I've got grisette. Mm. And, you know, I have 
eight brewers on staff and I'm more than happy to throw them recipes. We do a Tuesday tapping beer every week. So every week we tap something unique. So we just try to stay creative and have fun. What's your uh, reach, your distribution reach? Oh, I think 90% of our beer sold in Northern California. Okay. We're doing, we did 40,000 barrels last year. So we try to stay really close, you know, freshness matters. Right. Saturate your local market. Yeah. So I've been hearing about uh, like kind of, uh, Oakland renewing itself. Are you mm. like in part of that, or like in the neighborhood? Yeah, we're our we're in an old car dealership, our big tasting room in Oakland, and that neighborhood ten years ago was nothing was happening there, and now it's a pretty booming neighborhood. There's a lot of just foot traffic, and we have this big old beer garden, and there's another beer garden around the corner, and lots of restaurants, and just a lot of good stuff happening so there. You probably know Nate Smith. Oh, I know Nate. I used to work with him at NetApp. Oh, Nate's great. So, yeah. Hi, Nate. <laughs> but, you know, we are we are definitely on the hop side of things. I think 90% of my beers, my, my three major beers that go in bottles are a, a, pay, a dry hop pale ale, a West Coast IPA, and a double IPA. Okay. So, but, you know... We have um, we have a big sixty barrel brew house that we use for putting pallets onto trucks and going to stores and things like that. But we have a little fifteen barrel brew house for all the experimental stuff, so we can fool around with anything. Very cool. I have the BJCP Juicy or Hazy India Pale Ale. Oh, they have it out. They have it out. If you want to hear it, um, color strong, deep gold clarity, low to high degree of. Load a very high degree of cloudiness is typical of these beers. Starch, yeast, hot protein, or other compounds contribute to a wide variety of oh, there you go. within this category. But down to additional notes. Um, grist may include a small amount of oat, wheat, or other adjuncts to promote haziness. So they have not settled on just hot phenols. They've obviously allowed. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I still like small percentage and haziness yeah. because, honestly, we're doing it for mouthfeel as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. It's not just for the, the appearance. It's... Right. That's the thickness that you get. And it helps support the hops. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that way the hops aren't as... You can't get that raspy, astringent, arrogant basser feel when you have that really soft, protonaceous body. Right. So what are we... We're drinking okay. the grassroots brewing... Uh, well, it's, it's Hillstead. It's, Hill Farmstead. It's pretty. Convivial Suarez. It's a farm... They call it the Farmstead Ale brewed with hibiscus and Oof. lemon. Oof. That is, what is the ABV on this game? It's very pink. You can see the hibiscus. Yeah. And is this, this hit any kind of barrel or is this all stainless? So I imagine it's... I'm not getting any wood out of it, so I'm assuming. And usually 5.5. It could be wood, but... There's not really much info they're giving us. I'm going all stainless on this one. I don't really get any impact of any kind of wood notes. Yeah, so it has, I mean, the lemon and the hibiscus. Yep. I feel like I'm smelling like a Brett in there, but maybe it's just the the tangy lemon playing with my nose. Well, it's not a funky Brett. Lacto? Hmm. I, wonder, so I wonder what they call the oh, farmstead ale. So I'm wondering what the heck a farmstead ale is. Well, that's everything Hill makes. Right, right. That's just their branding. Yeah. I mean, so they're typically, you know, saison leaning. I guess not everything Hill Farmstead. They make some hoppy beers too, but you know, most of the ones that are that we've had have been, you know, kind of leaning saison. Yeah, but like Dorothy is an IPA. Yeah. 
So should we gather this is probably a lemon hibiscus saison, more or less? Because I'm getting a lot of That's saison notes like, out yeah, of it. I, I you think know. so. There's a big tang in the flavor. Well, I think that lemon's like that is like going in with the um, with the saison yeast, which I'm assuming it's a mm. saison yeast. But yeah. you know, so not all saison yeasts are clean. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this one almost seems like there's some kind of culture in there. Or, you know, some lacto, like you mentioned, on the nose. It, it could be just citric acid. That's a possibility because that doesn't it's pretty tart, right? It's clean. Yeah, it's really clean. I mean, lacto could be clean. I don't think there's any Brett in there because there's too much. Yes, I, I agree. Think, think it could be kettle sour? I don't get that weird baby diaper smell I get on a lot of kettle, <laughs> kettle sours. Okay. Yeah, for Lacto, I feel like I would be smelling a little yogurt or something. Like right, that. right, right. And that could just be the lemon and hibiscus in a in a fairly bright mm. saison. It's neat. It's uh, a lot of a lot of hibiscus beers can turn me off. I just mm. you know that flavor gets overdone. It gets kind of sweet, a little not quite cloying, but it's just like overwhelming for me. Right. And uh, I like how the this one is significantly tart and tangy that it kind of knocks down that overload of hibiscus. Well, so if you just put in some acidulated malt to lower the pH and then let the lemon of do course. its thing. Or, yeah, long mash, acidulated malt. Honestly, you, 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 I, could, I could think of about four different ways to circle into that, that <laughs> character. So, okay. But it's clean, again, so it's yeah. not like... Yeah, it doesn't, um, doesn't have... Big estery stuff. No, no, there's no, there's nothing crazy going Mm -hmm. on on the east side of things. That's a fairly clean yeast culture. I mean, that honestly, the yeast reminds me of oh, what the hell is it? What is the Dupont? I mean, that Mm. that, that, it's got to do it kind of what there's like that lighter, lower alcohol Dupont, not the um, not the not the regular Dupont saison, but there's a say there's um, sort of table beer or something. Yeah, yeah, I I bet there's a fair amount of wheat in there too. Okay, I'm enjoying this. I like the tang on it mm-hmm. for sure. It's kind of like a rattler in itself. It has a, it is kind of like a rattler in itself. Well, I mean, this is a much more elevated yes. beer than the yes. uh, Arnold Palmer we had. But I mean, not to dog the Arnold Palmer, they actually succeeded for all the weird shit they put in there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but this has that quality of you gotta get a lemonade. Uh, yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got hot hot weather written on it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting. I dig it. Okay, so should we move on to something that definitely has bread in it? <laughs> they call it a bread. I mean, what you want to finish on that? Uh, passion fruity thing. Bread's crazy, man. There's so many different bread strains out there. Mm-hmm. They do so many different weird things. A lot of people think they're playing with bread, and they're playing with mixed cultures, and depends on where you get your bread from. You could buy anything now, but I think I can buy like 23 different strains of bread these days. Wow, that's that's surprising. Yeah, yeah, right? Well, and that used to be a big deal too, right? Because nobody can make a Lambic for a long time because those yeasts are actually pretty hard to culture, but they've gotten good at it now, so. Hmm. And it's funny because I know we've talked about this before, how bread is like the, the scourge of wineries. They do not want bread yep. anywhere near it. Nope. But, but you have now people who have 23 different types of bread. Uh-huh. So the wineries would be like pissed off. Oh, I know. No, we're close to wine country. So, but that the, on the plus side, you know, we will get like somebody's, uh, this wine went to Brett. We're like, cool. Thanks for the free barrels, man. Uh-huh. I will see what this strain is. Although now we're actually, our sour program is getting fussy enough that we actually want to know what our, our bread strains are. So, mm. 
yeah, you know, low hit rate on finding a wild yeast that has a an amazing profile. Right? Yeah, exactly. So this one, where did this come from? I got this at Vintage Estates. Okay, so this, this is, is Blackberry Farm Brewery, and they're in Tennessee. This is an eighteen month Brett saison, uh, fermented with Brett, aged in red wine barrels for eighteen months. Well, there we go. So we'll expect a little bit of wood character out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, color is yeah, another golden. We're still in that golden range. Mm-hmm. 7.5% alcohol by volume. No idea what IBU is on this, but I don't think it will. <laughs> Relatively bright. little light haze. Light, light haze. It's not super funky. It smells a bit like a Merlot or something. <laughs> well, you definitely get that red wine yeah. character. But I also get kind of that hay character that takes me all the way back to the pills that we had. So you think it was in the... I wonder if it was in those wine barrels for 18 months. It's interesting. There's, you know, everything guys mentioned. I'm getting a little bit less of the Merlot. A little bit of washed brine cheese in there. That's fair. That's fair with the Brett beer. Yeah, 6 of 1, I guess. I mean, <laughs> to a certain right. Because, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that could be Parmesan cheese just as easily a mm. Parmesan Reggiano rind. Well, this is where we're starting to get into the non-beer descriptors and into uh, just the, all sorts of stuff. That's where it's most fun, especially when you're saying things that aren't even food. Yeah, that's, that's no kidding, part. right? Getting a little bit of berry on this as well. No, it's good. It definitely pulls you in there. And there's nothing like, you know, because some, some Bretts are. They're just, like, too much. I, like, get them up. I'm like, ah. Well, I'll get in there anyway, but kind of like a durian. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the flavor. Uh, the wine barrel comes through big and strong, but for me, it's more berry. It's kind of like a blueberry or maybe, like, really, like, a super sweet. Uh, this tastes to me like 100% bread like fermentation. Um it's because I when I notice a mixed fermentation, it it's not as clean. No, and, no, and the bread has to fight. Yeah, and this one feels cleaner in terms of it, the usage of bread. I mean, it's just still there. It still has that you know slightly uh, kind of woody, mushroomy quality mm-hmm. that bread gives you, but much cleaner than uh, than a mixed fermentation. This would go great with a triple cream. Yeah, mm. and you got a great triple cream right in your neck of the woods. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> We can get that here. We can get Humboldt Fog here pretty much all the Humboldt time. Humboldt Fog's now, good. So uh... We got one up in uh, Point Reyes called Red Hawk. And that one gets pretty brutal. When it gets ripe, it gets it gets ripe. Is that, is that the one from Cowgirl? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, love Cowgirl. They have a couple different triple creams. So that Red Hawk is one of the most aggressive cheeses in America. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've had that um, at Savor when they have that cheese table. Oh, yeah, yeah. there one year. So I think that's probably the only time I've had that one. Okay. I love so I, I We got to pour at Savor one year. It was it was freaking amazing. It was a great experience. And that in the National Building Museum, mm-hmm. got yeah. greatest venue. Plus, we were like right at the Oyster Station. So. Oh, that Oyster <laughs> guy, man. Oh, man, that Oyster guy was super stoked. We would just bring him a couple bottles of beer and like eight oysters and come back to the table. Oh, yeah. we, uh, we had the we had the thing going. So no when, line. When they had the uh, salons, they haven't had the salons last year. They didn't have them last year. They're not having them again huh. this year. But prior, they would have us down to record all the salons. Oh, cool. So we were at 
all the Saber sessions okay. up until last year. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so they, they made me sing for my supper last when I went. I, I did Saber and we did a like a hill rush. So I got to like put on a button shirt and go talk to like three congressmen and a senator to oh, push wow. for the the beer tax bill or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, man, here we go. It was funny too because you'd see this room full of brewers and there was the guys who were like, fuck it, I'm a brewer. I'm in cargo shorts because, you know, mm-hmm. you got to live the stereotype mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe like a work, like a Dickie's work shirt with my brewery logo on it. Mm-hmm. Then you had the guys in suits. Well, I'm going to Capitol Hill. And I showed up in this Robert Graham shirt, which is like this shiny $400 shirt with cuffs and all that. I looked like I was going to a rave. <laughs> like, I'm on neither team, apparently, but my clothes cost a lot, so I must be fancy. I like this beer. I like how it's It's nice, man. You get some good nuance to it. No, it's uh, got a big flavors, but it's not like killing you or well, anything. Yeah. Big, big flavors, but yeah, nothing's, nothing's overwhelming. No, there's balance and, between the flavors and yeah. Yeah, it's doing good things for you. And then uh, I like how the the I like how that barrel is, you know, kind of going blueberry on me. And I, I think what Greg said about you know sometimes when you have like pure bread, right? They're not straining as strongly. Mm-hmm. They kind of do a cleaner fermentation than you might otherwise think. And uh, I think your call there was I agree. Well, and it's nice that the wood character. This is pretty clearly a first use red wine barrel because you're not getting as much toasted oak right. as you are just mm-hmm. getting wine yeah. character out of it. And that could be kind of obnoxious. Like sometimes that oak character, yeah. especially in like not a big saison, you know, like mm-hmm. if it's a nine percent, you know, then you can handle a decent amount of wood for cut. But this one is more, yeah, like almost a zinberry. So that was from Blackberry Farm Brewery in Tennessee. All right. Well, we have one beer left. This is the one in the interesting bottle. Yeah, that is a lovely bottle. I, I normally don't let the bottle make my buying decisions, but... No, you wanted to keep that bottle. This one caught my attention, and then, you know, it's a tropical sour of ice. So. I'd, I'd put olive oil in that when it's empty. <laughs> uh, this is from High Wire Brewing. This is 4.2% alcohol by volume. High Wire. High Wire, yeah. Huh. Asheville? Yeah. That rings a bell. I can take a look. I'm trying to find the... Highwire is in, yeah, Nashville, yeah. Okay. Nashville, North Carolina. I do uh, want to get down there to make a beer trip. This is dry hop, sour ale, brewed with guava and passion fruit. Dry hop, guava, passion fruit. So sour ale, I wonder if we're talking kettle sour or if we're talking... It's on the it's on the label, the, the type of fermentation, so... Ooh, it's done. pale. We're back to the pills again. <laughs> Straw and white. Very hazy. Yeah, not like milky hazy though. Not like not New England IPA hazy. Just kind of uh, wheat beer hazy. Yeah, if even that. Yeah, wheat beer hazy. So they um, they ferment with lacto in the in the kettle and the stainless. So kettle sour goes into white wine barrels, dry hopped with mosaic and El Dorado. There's your bottle condition with Saccharomyces. Um, Ten months with Brett and a mixed culture. Wow, with champagne yeast. That's really interesting. I've never actually had a kettle sour that was then, then finished on bread. Yeah, yeah. It seems. I mean, maybe they did some test breweries and you know got something out of it. Sure. It just seems like. That seems overkill. Right? It just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you start. So, what are you trying to make? You know, we're 
you know, we're brewers. We're trying to do weird shit. Yeah. Let's leave it in the mat, or let's leave it in the kettle overnight, and then put a mixed culture fermentation <laughs> on, on, on the backside. I mean, it has. Um, this is more bready than the last one. Fruity, tangy, a nose on it. I want. I. I would bet you this is that the the traw strain. Because I'm getting that oh. tropical. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, dude! I'm not, I haven't tasted mine yet, and uh, you just were you 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 you're making no- stomach acid. That was sour. Okay, sour. <laughs> well, be prepared. Ah, uh, why don't we have a pH meter? <laughs> I'm serious. I like would I would love to like bring a little like portable pH meter or something like this. Be like three, two, Jesus Christ, man, that's taking plaque off my teeth. Yeah, it looks like it took plaque off your teeth, and I'm super scared right now. It was pretty- just. It was. It was. It, I mean, because compared to the last one, which was, you know, had a little... Right, right. And, and the hibiscus one had some sour notes, but this is... It's, it's this almost is strong. like grapefruit juice a little bit. Yeah, it's it's really tart. Yeah. Okay, I'm just watching you both, and you're... It, it's kind of, you know, now you're salivating, trying to... Mm, I'm trying to, trying try, to try to gauge my uh, excitement here, yeah. Am I happy about it? I haven't hit it yet, so I was watching you guys, and I'm—I mean, you, y'all be my canary in the I coal mean, mines right was, now. There was a there was a stage, right? Like, oh my god, it's the most sour thing ever. It's great. Now I'm like, okay, what's this giving me besides you know right. almost painful sourness? I'm not into an almost painful sourness, so uh, very yeah. So think, think think extremely sour. Think along the lines of you know sour patch kids type. Big time yeah, it's sour. a big citric sour. Um, okay. Then it, it it does after a little bit, just sort of lend itself to more you know guava area. Okay. He looks skeptical. Yeah, I'm trying to get beyond the sour and like I'm looking like where's the dry hop? Where's the guava? Where's the? It's just at the end and. But I mean, I want sour I'm, takes over. When I say where's the, I meant more of a. High wire. Where did Where's you the give balance? Me? Where yeah. did you give me? Well, that? it's supposed to be a high wire act, I would imagine, <laughs> and apparently it's a high wire act into the sour. So, <laughs> but you know, you if I was a brewer, I'd be kind of sad about it because I put expensive ingredients in this stuff. And, yeah. Well, I guess the question is though: at some point, your mouth will get used to the sourness, right? So, will it? <laughs> or are we just looking for the tums? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the nose is kind of interesting. I'm just totally freaked out watching the pair of you, man. I'm, I'm just telling you to people since nobody can see anything here. Yeah, there, there's some looks going on across the table from the, me. They're the not third... making me want to taste this beer. The third sip in, I've, I'm third used sip. to the sourness. At least I'm, I'm used to what I'm going to be getting. Um, yeah, it's I mean, still strong on the, on the bright it side. Have... It doesn't have any sewer drain. It doesn't have any baby vomit. It doesn't. Oh, have any... that's good. I appreciate that. Um, but it is kind of it is leaning and kind of pretty much presenting the sour almost completely and just just a bit of other fruit flavors that kind of so, are so maybe starting as a kettle sour was overkill. We could have started yeah. as a regular beer and made our way. Oh, I really want to know the pH on this beer so much. Let's take a sip, John. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really sour. <laughs> I drink white grapefruit juice, man. That's way more sour than that. <laughs> That's just lemon juice. It's um, I, okay. I get the passion fruit in the back. I get you know. I, I get the fruit flavors. I don't get the hops. Uh, I'm sorry, Mister Brewery. Those hops are wasted. That, that was money you may as well set on fire. And those are good hops. Give them to a brewer who wants to do something fun with them. 
Yeah. Yeah, huh. dry hopping seems to be there. Yeah, complete waste. That seems to be just absolutely pointless in this beer. Um, well. I don't know. Huh. Maybe it's doing something very subtle. But... I'm actually surprised the beer got this sour to some extent. Like, doesn't yeast start to croak at these kind of pH levels? I mean, that's sort of my opinion. Unless mm-hmm. maybe there's, like, post-fermentation additions of the... Of the... Well, we talked about how many different yeasts they use. You know, you can take a look at the fermentation. Yeah, I know. Maybe one of those guys lives forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well, just bottle conditioned, right? So something had to. Yeah, I just feel like I could shine stainless with that. <laughs> <laughs> again, I'm not. Again, car. it's clean. I mean, it's really, mm-hmm. it's very clean. Yeah, it just doesn't have any kind of balance to it. Really. No, no. I mean, the fruits there post. I'm not going to finish it. Mm-hmm. Literally, it t- tastes like I drank heartburn. <laughs> there was a, right no swallowed up poker okay so uh well kudos kudos for going quite extreme there gentlemen <laughs> um at high wire brewing you guys are um if you guys drink a whole bottle of that i'm scared of you so the next part of the show oh. is where greg and i rank the beers in order of preference ooh, tonight ooh, but i have thoughts for people in the industry yes there's no good for you calling any of your peers you know babies ugly so, yeah so you don't have to rank you can just kind of well, say which beers caught your attention and you, you know things like or that. you can rank if you want to rank <laughs> yeah if you, you want to call babies ugly go for it well, nothing was ugly, though, man. I mean, really, yeah. nothing like made me sad. Yes. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm totally happy this though, because at this point, it's just sort of hedonic stuff. It's not, just, you know, it's not a qualitative thing. Like that one was fucked up. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, throw preference. that off the table. It's yeah, it's about, about preference. preference today, really. Yes. Um, well, and also, even like to some extent, I could say like that weird ass Rattler might be really cool in in the right circumstance. Mm-hmm. I don't think you, you know. I don't think I would buy it, but I maybe would bring it to like a party or something like that because it's just kind of weird. Although, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if your guys were as sweet as mine because I feel like I got like this chunk of syrup in okay. the back. So I don't, I don't. I'm not really clear on that one. I'd buy that pills. I'd yeah, buy that pills. pills again tomorrow. Although it didn't finish quite as crisp as I would have liked, so I don't know if I'd knock a six pack back. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it started better than it finished for yeah. me. For we me, also tend to drink the beers on the show warmer than usual, right? I mean, we, nah, we that's let fine. them out. Nah. We, we like them around 60 or so. I, I, I do too. You taste better. You taste yeah. more. All right. So I can go first. I'm going right. to put the high wire in last place just because it's too much. No balance. It's just sour, sour on top of sour. I'm going to. And a sad waste of good ingredients. Mm. Yeah, so, and then the next five beers I think are, are, are oh, I have decent things to. I'm going to put the Owls mm-hmm. Brew that Radler in fifth place, but yeah. for being that kind of Radler, almost you know, almost feeling like a, a gimmick type thing, they did a really good job getting those ingredients to make a decent beer. They got harmony out of some weird stuff in there, so two yeah. points. I'm going to put the the um, Hill Farmstead, the Grassroots, the Convivial Suarez in fourth place. Um, I liked how this one had a little bit more of the tartness to it than, you know, letting that hibiscus get a little too hibiscus-y because that's that's a death nail for me in a lot of cases. I'm going to put the 2S Pills in third place. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, this Keller Pills thing that had a bit of a grisette, Belgian-y, estuary character going on. It was it was very interesting. A nice uh, lower alcohol at 5 per- well, Five percent. I wouldn't really call it low alcohol, but you know, it's not not big like some of these guys. I'm gonna put the boom sauce in second place. It was just 
good IPA, you know, phase three West Coast kind of IPA. Carried some good citrusy flavors through on it. Well, kind of a neat, like, almost like, le- it was like nodding towards the hazy, right? You know, mm-hmm. it was like yeah. nodding in that. It yeah. wasn't bitter particularly. It had good, like, tropical aromatics, but not juicy. Yeah, I'm going to put this BFB, this uh, Blackberry Farm Brewery. Yep. Brett Saison in first place, because I just liked how it was... When I said subtle, John called me on it, and I get, he's right. The flavors were forthcoming in there, but there was a good balance to it. Nothing was boisterous. Nothing was kind of standing out in line. I, I'm going to agree with you almost entirely, except I'm going to switch Hill Farmstead and Owl's Brew. Okay. I think the Phil, Hill Farmstead was, was nice, and it had that you know lemon, just kind of lemon juicy, kind of rattlery thing. I kind of felt like the, the Owl's Brew had more interesting stuff if I'm looking at it in like a route. Like I agree that the Hill Farmstead was cleaner. And uh, Christopher, but the owl, there was something that impressed me about the use of the tea in there over the kind of simplistic but still good Hill Farmstead. So I'm just going to put the owls in uh, fourth place, Hill Farmstead in fifth place. That means High Wire is still in sixth place, and uh, one, two, and three are Blackberry, Lord Hogo, and two SP. I think I can stand right with a one, two, and three there. The number one beer was good. I, that, was, that was a nice beer. Like all around, well conceived, well executed. You can't argue with that. The boom sauce is a... It is. It's kind of a transitional... I, I feel like it's a transitional New England slash West Coast IPA. It's got mm-hmm. elements of both going on in there. I've, I've already said I find the pills interesting. I I would. I wish it was... I, there, I will say this. Bullshit that it's 45 IBUs. There's no way There's no way it's that sweet in the finish for it to be 45 IBUs. I, I, I don't believe that. Maybe they taste, taste it, uh, test it a pre, pre-fermentation. Fermentation will take IBUs almost in half. Okay. Yeah, no, they might have just done a formula, right? On like, oh, well, most people just do the math. Uh, Jeremiah, what did you like? What did I like? All right, I've been quiet here, but uh, I mean, I definitely agree with with everyone that the uh, Blackberry Farm, Blackberry, whatever, the Blackberry Farm Brewery, yeah, yeah, Blackberry Farm Brewery, that was the the top beer for me. It 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 to me that almost it tasted like wine country that's what okay. i would say without having to get yeah. into what it was as soon as i tasted it it took me back to like sitting okay in napa valley or something and being in a small winery and tasting which was really it's interesting when you get something oh, it's, to it's, me it's like so reminiscent yeah of it's that great place. they got great notes out of those wine barrels yeah. when yes. a beer takes you someplace that that, that yeah. generally says it's doing something right um in terms of ranking it no you don't yeah, i don't know if i'd, have, I'd rank them um to me, I like I like the the pills actually. Um, I know you guys all like the boom sauce. To me, I, you have a lot of IPAs, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I like something. It's, it seems very standard to me. Okay. To just you know, I don't I don't have a super sophisticated palate on on the, it. Was it's, also it's what you is what was a like, few no? bars and beers in there too. So uh, maybe. yeah, no, um, but. And we're all trained professionals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I actually liked. I like the the watermelon rattler, but it didn't yeah. remind me of a beer in any way. Right. It, um, we we make like a mixed drink that has cucumbers and basil yep. and yep. that. It almost re- reminded me of like something like that. Or if, if I wanted yeah. an iced tea, you know, there that might be a certain, substitute for an iced when tea. When I was drinking it, there were certain notes that it tasted like you know one of those flavored Liptons. You know? Yeah, 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 but, yeah. You yeah. Know, it was. 
I didn't say it because that was almost like a derogatory, you know. Yeah. But right, but it yeah, tastes like what you would want that job. to taste like. Yeah, like if, yeah. if, if, if yeah. a drink like that, the, the things that are good about it, without mm-hmm. it being a kind of weird artificial sugar yeah. rush that most of those Lipton. If somebody are. gave me the description of that beer, you couldn't have executed the, those flavors any better in a balanced way because that really could have been a crap show. That yeah. could have been something that we were like. <sighs> Definitely, that, that was been a deaf noise. Easy drain pour, and, and yeah, I like really sour things. So the the, the one that we all <laughs> it was like it, it wasn't bad for me. Like it, okay. I, I think I was the only person. Now it's really sour. It's like, really it, sour. It was somewhere between grapefruit juice and lemon juice. It reminded me of if you get a really sour grapefruit. Yeah, like a, a you know a raw mm-hmm. like a not juice but like you yeah. buy a grapefruit mm-hmm. and it's uh, at its most sour. That's what it's like. All right. Okay, well, thank well John, you. thanks for uh, coming no. on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Jeremiah. Thanks again for yes, thanks yeah, for bringing I, John. I was happy <laughs> setting this whole thing this up. It's fun. Yeah, hit me up for some beer, man. Okay. You you can make someone else drink them, and then they could like talk shit on them. I'll be, it'll be totally cool. <laughs> oh, I just I lost the you lost the Humpty Dance. I lost the Humpty Dance. Oh, I can get mm. it back. No, now you know uh, Freaks of the Industry. That's actually our, our brewery's theme song. Freaks in the Industry? Yes. Also Digital Underground. Well, well we're waiting Freaks for... Freaks of the Industry. Getting that queued up. Uh, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. So you, visit, you can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, the email address is beer at craftbeerradio.com. On Twitter, I'm at Jeff Bear At CBR Greg. Your Twitter or anything, John? No, no. I don't. <laughs> I'm <Okay>. old. <laughs> It's probably a good choice. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't do Twitter either. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure Drake's Brewery is all over it. We, we probably have like 10 billion social media platforms. Check out Drake's. We're doing a session session beer fest in May. That's our next big event. All beers under 5%. Oh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the brewed IPA thing. We didn't so, talk about that at all. And I think that's... Right. So, you know, everyone knows that the big trend in IPAs, New England IPAs, and they're big and they, they're thick and they've got lots of proteins and wheat and stuff and, you know, what crazy hop flavors and honestly, like just terribly irresponsible hopping rates that make my finance department super sad. And so I hope you're not listening. And, you know, there's a lot of brewers that have kind of rejected those beers. There's a lot of brewers like, oh, I'm never going to brew a hazy IPA. Blah, that's just that's garbage crap. That's a flash in the pan, which I totally disagree with. I brew hazy IPAs. But there's a brewer named Kim at Social Kitchen Brewing Company, and he started making a beer called a Brute IPA. Kim uses enzymes in the beer that break down all the long-chain sugars and turn them fermentable. So when the beer goes through fermentation, it actually ferments every bit of, of body out of it. It's super dry, super crisp. And then we're adding hops in there to make it an IPA. You don't have a lot of body to play with, so you gotta like keep your IBUs fairly low because otherwise there's just no balance there. But but very hefty on the aromatic side. And we're calling them brewed IPAs, extra brewed IPAs, super dry IPAs, and um, we just started playing them over the last six months in the Bay Area. But people are popping up with them everywhere. Where, where do you use the enzymes? Like pre-boiled, so you can stop the action, or is it? Well, we don't want to stop the action. Oh, you don't? Okay. No. we The first two that we did, we added the enzymes second day of fermentation. Um, but since we're going to do it in bottles, we'd like to add it on the hot side because if you add it during fermentation, those enzymes stay alive. So mm-hmm. it's basically like an infection in your cellars because if anything touches 
those enzymes, and all of a sudden my regular beer is going to be super dry too, which is not cool. But so it should work on the hot side. It should degrade all the sugars to completely just just nothing. So, but we're all just kind of feeling this one out. I think Kim's Kim's pretty on it. He's done five or six at least. I, I don't even know how many you've done, Kim. You're killing it. But uh, I'm on my third. Okay. Um, really neat. I mean, we're a hop-driven brewery. It's a hop-driven industry right now, right? So any any new expression of hops, we're all into it. Gotcha. Oh, what's 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 the next big hop? I wonder about Denali. I've got a lot of love for that hop. I don't know how. I don't know what the acceptance level of that one is, but I find that one to be really, okay. really interesting. I mean, there's probably something coming out of Southern Hemisphere. I just bought two new hops from. What do they call it? Um, the sunny side of the Alps. Um, Styrian dragon and Styrian fox. Okay. So the Eastern Europeans are kind of jumping on the whole tropical hop thing. Because like, everybody is. Like everyone saw New Zealand. It's like, holy crap, they took their garbage hops and remarketed them. And people are totally into it. So then Germany jumped in with the mandarinas and the blancs and the melons. And now the Eastern Europeans are jumping in with... Um, Styrian Cardinal, Styrian Wolf, Styrian Fox. They all have these cool, like, well, I don't know if they're necessarily cool, but they all have these little animal names, so I'm, okay. I'm making a Fox and Dragon beer real I soon. I wonder what a Golding is. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I assume that these are all based on Goldings way back, mm-hmm. but I don't know what they're doing, so. I will say, like, a lot of those German ones, like Mandarina, they all come from Cascades. They're basically Cascades grown in Germany, so you pick okay. up, like, the terroir. I just did the air bunnies because I don't like saying terroir, but I did. All right. All right. Well, thank you again for coming. And everyone listening, we will talk with you again next week.